the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Well, dear friends, it is Tuesday, and uh, obviously we have just gotten Christmas behind us, and New Year's is coming in a few days, and uh, we're just about to get this whole year done with, and a brand new year underway, and uh, we're thankful to the Lord that we get to be right here five days a week on this station and spend some time with our friends all across the area here. So thank you for being along today, and uh, we're going to do something today in the next couple of days that I trust will be a help to you. A while back, I preached a message entitled Redig the Old Wells, and it's a very good message with a pertinent application for where you and I are today, and I think this last week of the year is a good time for us to hear it. So today we're going to hear part one of my message entitled Redig the Old Wells. Open your Bible again to that passage we read earlier, and I reread one verse, verse number 19. As you're finding that, we're glad to see, and as far as I know, all of our folks got back from their Christmas and New Year's excursions without any difficulty, and I trust that that's the case. We did have several people away during the holidays, and I want to encourage you, if you were away, to get a copy of the message that I preached last Sunday night, actually New Year's Day, the evening message. And I, I won't encourage you to do it. In fact, even if you heard the message, you probably ought to get a copy and listen to it again because I know I said enough, you probably didn't get it all. But uh, the, the reason that I encourage you to do that, and I usually don't promote my own tapes, but I do want to in this case, because... Uh, there are lots of folks, this world and wide, who are taking directions, trying to convince us all that their shortcuts are just as good as the regular way, and uh, who laughingly go on about their business, and um, many times down the road, they say, why didn't you tell me? And uh, I tried to give you in that message last Sunday night 21 principles that have been lifestyle principles for me. Uh, things that I latched onto a number of years ago. And I've just tried to live by those things and I found out they work. And most of the stuff that you hear today don't work. A lot of it just takes you down a pretty little road to nowhere. And uh, so you may want to get the tape. I just simply call taking, uh, Take Me Topside. Take Me Topside. A little bit of a nautical term. So uh, I'll say that in the beginning. And reading verse 19 of Genesis 26 once again. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. This chapter is a 
chapter in the life story of Isaac. Isaac is the now famous son of an even more famous father. He's the miracle child of Abraham and Sarah. His very name means laughter. It's interesting that he would get that name seeing his mother laughed when she found out that she was going to have a child. But God made good on His promise and gave them a child long after the years when they would ordinarily have had a child. And I can imagine that maybe some of the neighbors may have laughed a little bit when Abraham and Sarah made the announcement. And so it is, I suppose, not to our surprise that when he's actually born, they would name him Isaac. Meaning, well, here's the laughter. Here's the one you laughed about. He's here. Now, this is the same Isaac who, as a boy, would go with his daddy up Mount Moriah, and up on that mountain, Isaac is the one would say, he'd say, here's the wood and here's the fire. But where's the lamb? This Isaac. And this is the Isaac that later his father would say, we've got to get that boy a wife. And he would send a servant to get a bride for Isaac, thus beginning one of the most beautiful romances and one of the most beautiful love stories that you'll ever read anywhere. The love story between Isaac and Rebekah. And when we come to chapter 26 in the accounting and in the life of Isaac, there's a famine in the land. It's not the first time they've had famine. They had one some years before in the heyday of his father Abraham. And when that famine came, Abraham went down to Egypt in order to survive. Isaac thought, well, I'll just do what daddy did. I'll go down to Egypt. Now let me... Let me say, it's important, and you'll notice in the story of Isaac several times, where that he either did or attempted to do exactly what Abraham had done before him. It's the reason why that I say to you, and I've said before and I say again today, as you're making your way along the winding path, trying to get to the top of the mountain, uh, don't run your life right up close to the edge. You may not go off the edge. Uh, you may do fine. You may go off the edge. But even if you do not, 30 years down the road, the next generation will not run the path the same place that you ran it. They'll run it just a little bit looser in all likelihood than where you're running it. And if you run close to the edge, the generation that comes after you, there will be some of them that will go off the edge, off the side of the mountain. And we'll all cry and weep when they do, but fact is, they were walking the very path that you taught them 30 years before. And that's why that I say to you now, do not, do not run your vehicle near the edge of the mountain, but run it up next to the mountain, close, where it's safe and secure, and then if the next generation leans a little bit from that, they'll be right over in the middle of the path, but they won't be anywhere near the edge. And it's an important principle. And one that we need to be reminded of again and again. And Isaac 
said, well, Daddy went down to Egypt when the famine hit. I guess I'll just take my flocks and herds and family and servants and we'll go down to Egypt. But he got an instruction from the Lord that prohibited him from doing that. The Lord said, no. He said, uh, he said I don't want you to go to Egypt. He said, I want you to stay right here and sojourn, dwell, live right here where you are. Now remember, there's a famine going on. There's no grass for the flocks. There's no water for them. There's, uh, there's no food. And God says to Isaac, you stay right here. And this is the place where that if you follow my instructions, I will give you the blessing. I'll renew my covenant with Abraham with you. And what I promised to him and to you and to your descendants will come true, but you're going to stay here and the fruit is going to be born here in the land of the famine. I found it interesting and I've seen it happen hundreds of times. Many Christian folks think that in order to do something, they get all inspired and fired up and in order to do something, they've got to go somewhere to do it. But they had not done anything yet. And the folks who haven't done anything, who go somewhere to do something, never do. As a general rule, in most cases, will not, once they get wherever it is they thought they were going, they will not do. And so if you intend to go and do, it's better to do before you go. Else, if you're not doing now before you go, you will go and simply go to more unfruitfulness. And God simply is saying to Isaac, you stay put. We're going to see it through. The will of God is right here. In the land of the famine, it's not down in Egypt. You remember Egypt is a symbol in the Bible used over and over again for the world. So easy to run to the world for help. So easy to say, man, the world has got it better than we got it. And we're going down there and we're going to pick fruit off of their vines. And we're going to eat what they eat. And we're going to do what they do. And we're going to act like they act. And that's where we're going. So easy to do that. But Lord said, no, you're better off here in the land of the famine scratching for food out of sand, you're better here in the land of the famine than you would be down in Egypt because the will of God is here where the famine is. But God will make His promise good. Times are hard, times are harsh, loads are heavy. But God will make His promise good. And Isaac is encouraged by that. He's not encouraged by the famine, but he's encouraged by the promises that God gave him in the throes of the famine. Let me show you two or three things about Isaac today. Uh, first, let's look at his prosperity just a little bit. Verse 12, 13 and 14 tells the story of Isaac's prosperity. Now, as Christians, we have a little, little trouble with that. We've kind of beat on ourselves so much. Uh, and we're so convinced that uh, surely if we serve God, that's going to be at the last stop before the jumping off place and that we're never going to be anything we're not going to have anything uh, we're all kind of convinced of that now i say on one hand i don't believe this prosperity gospel that's hawked on television a lot i don't believe that but at the same time i don't believe this poverty gospel that a lot of folks seem to think is the only way that a christian can go now here's an example of a man, verse 12 says, that he sowed in that land. Remember, it's a land that is racked by famine. But he went out and he sowed the seed. Now I just pause here to tell you, I don't know 
very many times when folks have gotten a harvest without sowing some seed. And there are not too many folks who get ahead without working. You know, we, we wish, we want, but we don't get it. Now, I've always thought it would be nice to play the piano. And, uh, and I said, you know, I, 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 I didn't dare tell him by this. In fact, I don't know why I'm saying it now. <laughs> but uh, I, I said, you know, I think before I get too far down the path, while I'm still young, I, I think that I'll maybe take a few piano lessons. And I thought, surely, uh, maybe, maybe Devena or Melanie, one, they'll, they'll be patient with me and they'll give me piano lessons. And I'm sure maybe I could get one lesson out of one of them and one out of the other one. That's probably about as far as they'd go with me. Well, dear friends, we're going to have to interrupt there because our time is just about gone today. I sure appreciate you being along with us today as you are, I trust, as many days as you possibly can. And I do love to hear from you, so I hope that sometime soon you're going to sit down, write me a note, and check us out on our website at swordofthelord.com. But here's the address for writing. Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, God bless you. Do have a great rest of the day, and goodbye for now.